Welcome back to the Bridgeton Beacon. Today I have the honor of speaking with Mr. Daniel P. Hunsberger, who is the son of Paul Hunsberger, the, the longtime iconic host of WSNJ's Off the Cuff. I, uh, I, I am so happy I was able to uh, find you. We, we speak often on the Bridgeton Beacon about your dad and uh, so many, uh, and he's an idol of mine, I'll just say that. Uh, his, his show, Off the Cuff, aired for many, many years. Um, I'm told he was with WSNJ for, what, about 60 years or so. Uh, and that wasn't his, that was not his only show. He had uh, Meet Your Minister, Meet Your Candidate. Um, and here on the Bridgeton Beacon, uh, I try to interview people around town in the Bridgeton area uh, that uh, make a difference in our community. And oftentimes the topic of your dad and his show uh, come up. Uh, unfortunately, I have not been able to find any audio uh, of his show. Um, and, you know, I, I wanted to, to reach out to you uh, to okay. just to speak with you about your dad and, and find out a little bit more about him and what, what led him uh, to start his show uh, off the cuff. Okay. Um, well, my, my father was, was uh, born to um, a minister and uh, my grandmother. Um, I never met my grandfather, I knew my grandmother. Um, he went to school uh, and ended up going to the University of Alabama. Um, went into the military, came back to Bridgeton. Uh, his first job that I remember him talking about was working for a company in Vineland, which is where we originally lived. Um, and it was uh, Stratton Tire, and he was there for a number of years, several years, I should say. And that's where he met my mom. And they eventually ended up getting married, and uh, my sister, um, who has who has passed, uh, and myself were the children of those two people. Uh, where where did he, where did you grow up in Bridgeton? Uh, well, we started out in Vineland, mm -hmm. um, and then when I graduated from from Vineland Christian School, we moved to Bridgeton. Um, and I went to high school in Bridgeton and we lived at, on East Commerce Street. Now, when, when, uh, in your, in your childhood, did your dad start working for WSNJ? I don't remember a time when he wasn't. <laughs> okay. I think that's true for, for many of my listeners. Yes. And, um, there wasn't a, 7.15, where we weren't sitting down to have dinner, and we were listening to the show. So every night, Monday through Friday, at 7.15, Mom would have dinner on the table. Dad would have come home, and we're sitting quietly listening to everybody that he interviewed while we were there. Um, he, he interviewed, with, like, thousands of people. Yes, he did. I... I don't remember the number, but I had heard uh, what pops into my mind was like 30,000 interviews. 
I could be off by 20, but I mean, it was a tremendous amount of, of, of interviews. And what he was extremely proud of was the fact that he never, um, he never interviewed the same person twice. So out of all the interviews that he ever did, if you got interviewed once, you never came back on off the cuff. If you were a candidate, of course, um, that was a different story. Uh, but for the show off the cuff, he never interviewed a, a, a person a second time. How did he, I mean, that's a, that's a huge undertaking, but how did he uh, come up with his guess? Um, Do you recall that? Oh, yes, very clearly, because we would be sitting after dinner, um, which would go until like quarter of eight. Um, he would go into um, our living room, sit down um, in his favorite chair. Um, he had a two by two um, a wooden um, desk that he had on his lap. And he would go through the newspaper and he would circle and mark save on every single person that he thought he could interview or should interview. So wow. we would have we would have a pile of newspapers and my mother very seriously kidding would say, uh, can I throw these out? Oh no, 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 no. I have I, I still have names in there I have to get. And so he would go through the newspaper every night, the Bridgeton Evening News, and and circle names and call them up and interview them. Everybody from, um, you know, beauty queens from local, uh, uh, you know, beauty pageants uh, to Miss America um, to pastors to people that were of interest to the public. So... He did most of his interviews uh, in person. Is that correct? At, at local restaurants? Yes, he had a number of local restaurants where he would he would it would be a sponsor of the show, and he would invite the people to lunch. Um, I remember meeting Mrs. Babe Ruth, for instance, at the old Cumberland. I'm, I'm sorry, the old Bridgeton Hotel which is um, the senior center, I think now on the corner of uh, East Commerce and I remember correctly, Pearl Street. Um, he, would, he was there for a while and he was at a place up on up in Carl's Corner and he was a place over in Vineland for a while. So he was, he, he went around to a number of restaurants um, and had the shows there. And what would he just record on, uh, like a like a cassette recorder? Well, he started out with the old reel, you know, reel to reel. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, my I believe my niece still has some of the old original recordings. Um, but he would do the reel to reel, and then when um, the cassette came along, he went to the cassette. I don't remember him going to anything more digital than the cassette. Did he ever but, record um, his uh, interviews on the phone? Do you know? Not that I can remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, as if, you can tell, I'm fascinated with his process. <laughs> yeah, if it, it, if it was, it would have been an extremely unusual situation.
for him to have done that. Uh, I mean, the reason I ask, be, yeah, the reason I ask is because it's it's oftentimes difficult to get somebody in person and with a schedule. And um, I just know from my own experience with just having interviewed a few people on this podcast that certainly the internet is helpful in tracking people down, like yourself. Um, and I, I, I wonder, um, you know, how it was that he was able to, to find people and, and get them in person. I think it's just, it, it just speaks volumes about, about him and his dedication to, uh, you know, his show and communicating with people that he found interesting and that he knew his, his listeners would also find interesting. Well, as you know, in addition to the shows, he sold advertising for the radio station. Um, and so he was a good salesman, um, obviously. Um, and he would promote the fact that WSNJ, AM and FM covered all of South Jersey and Philadelphia and Delaware. And he would have people drive three hours from New York, two and a half hours from Philadelphia. Um, and they would come down and he, he never paid anyone for their, their, uh, their appearance. And um, he, he had lunch with them and the people would get back in their vehicles and drive three hours back to New York City. Um, and, you know, being he was, he was able to convince them of the effectiveness of their interview uh, with the public. I, I spoke last night, actually, with Jim Quinn, uh, who... Uh, who who knew your father and um, ultimately had had bought WSNJ and then sold it, um, but he was joking that uh, and 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 Jim Quinn had worked at a different radio station, but he joked um, that uh, the only way he was able to to get on your dad's show was to uh, to buy the radio station <laughs> because he had worked at a competitor. So that was a a fun story. I can never confirm. I can't confirm nor deny. So I, I, I leave it up to <laughs> up to him. Um, but um, my guess would be that that, that there's probably a, a bit of truth to that story. We were we were speaking about how these uh, these regular shows like like your dad's um, become part of the fabric of. Of people's lives, right? Looking forward every day to that show at seven fifteen, as you say, uh, and just how important uh, he he was to the community uh, because of because of that. Um, and um, I I just think it's 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 really neat and wonderful um, to to talk to you and to you know to hear about your dad and. Um, from what I understand is he was a, a religious man. He was full of faith. And it sounds to me, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds to me like he really liked to connect with people from all walks of life and share their stories with his, his audience in, uh, in, in, Bridge, in the Bridgeton area. And I, I think that is one of the secrets of the show's success was the fact that he would interview everyone from some a, a, a student in high school that had a, a an outstanding um, award presented to them for some um, educational accomplishment to, like I said, to Mrs. Babe Ruth. And so 
everybody in between. Um, and it, it, as a result of that, people kind of, um, kind of understood what he was trying to accomplish. And that was to, to, to just show what a common person is like when they're being interviewed. Um, and I, I don't remember him ever going back and redoing a show because somebody uh, made a mistake or said something that they were a little upset about having said. And I remember sitting there on, on a number of occasions um, enjoying a lunch, uh, number one, but number two, listening to him interview. And and if the person afterwards would say, oh, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm not going back. The show is, it's 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 in the can so to speak and and people had to live with it um but it made it was interesting to the people listening um so that they they understood where the person's coming from and they got a flavor of a wide range of people from police officers to sheriffs to firefighters to um you know i know we interviewed candidates uh, on that show um uh, I'm trying to remember the most famous, um, but I, I, I'm, I, it's escaping me at this point. But um, it's this idea that we're all kind of on the same path, um, and and we can all relate to and and learn something from just about everybody. Right, and and if somebody came along and and. You know, a police officer, firefighter did something outstanding and he interviewed people, listened. They understood what was going on because he brought out the story. The same thing with a politician that would be on to a housewife who uh, wrote a cookbook. I mean, it, it was mm-hmm. such varied and people appreciated the, the, the variety of the interviews that he uh, conducted over the probably 30 35 years that he was uh, had the show that's just wonderful to hear and this idea that we are all kind of human so you know you're you're exactly right i always i've never had i've never had to do it but i do always tell my guests hey you know if you if you say if you misspeak or if you say something you don't want to say we can always you know we can always edit it out in today's day and age again i've never had to do that but um, I love the uh, the thought that, first of all, I don't, I mean, maybe they did have the technology, I don't know. Um, but the idea that, no, you know what, let, just let the interview, you know, just have that conversation and let the interview kind of progress. Let's talk. It's almost like being a fly on on the wall uh, while two people are having a conversation at a, at a coffee shop or a bar. I've always said that. Um, and, I, and, you know, with a podcast, it's different than a radio show, but you know, for me, that's why I like doing the interviews that I do. But again, invariably, when I'm interviewing um, folks, particularly older folks in the Bridgeton area, your dad's name comes up. Um, and I think that just is so so special. Um, I had watched a, uh, a documentary on WSNJ and, you know, his show was mentioned. But again, it's that idea that it was really part of the fabric of the lives of the people in the community. Um, I I agree, and and um, I remember growing up and going into a store, and somebody said, "What's your name?" And I 
say Dan Hunsberger. Oh, is Paul your father? And yeah, yes. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it, it was it was so often. And and um, and I think another big part of it was the fact that his his um, he, he was so active in the church in the churches in the area, which mm-hmm. is another draw and another attraction to people listening because they knew him from outside that, um, uh, you know, radio show, but it would draw them because he would talk about the show and say, Oh, you know, I'm interviewing so-and-so on Thursday and, and people just gravitated to it. And, and like you said, it, it was a fabric of, of, of New Jersey. Uh, he he was a was he a singer as well? He also sang. Yes, he did, and uh, he often commented about his baritone voice. And he he was invited to sing in churches all over South Jersey. His involvement with the Gideons put him in many churches to speak about uh, about the Gideons' work in, in distributing Bibles to. Uh, students in schools and of course in hotel and motel rooms um getting back to the issue about the about the taping don't forget he was on a reel to reel and so you really couldn't go back and erase and and like we can now digitally cut out a little section of the interview um so he said look um, i'm warning you ahead of time i remember him telling people at the beginning of the show um it's gonna go right through and he would interview them during uh, the lunch um and make notes on pieces of paper um and um then just um he had a knack for pulling things out of people and getting them to tell their life story it wasn't his interview it was their story yeah and that's an art um because i'm as i'm sitting here listening to you to you talk about this, I'm thinking, wow, you know, he didn't have the benefit of the internet to perhaps do some, you know, advanced searches or, or find out things. It, it really is an art to draw out of people um, the, the qualities that make them who they are. Some, some guests are easier yeah. than others, uh, but that's uh, a true and, talent. And that's true. And I remember there were several, several interviews that were a struggle. Um, and and you could hear the person's one-word answers, and he got through the 15 minutes, regardless of how 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 short the answers were. He would he would just keep at it, and finally, usually toward the end of the show, you could you could feel the person relax and start to you know give more than than a a, a single-word answer. Is that how long his show was? 15 minutes. <laughs> Yes, it was from seven fifteen to seven thirty. Okay, so he ha- he also had that time constriction, which is sometimes people are just getting warmed up by fifteen minutes. I find that's true. But what he would do is uh, is is the art uh, part of the art of, of what he understood was he would if he was interviewing because of a particular thing, he would ask them about their history, where they were born, you know, and then he would jump right on the main issue of why he wanted to interview them. And so within the first 
five or six minutes, um, he would be into the topic that he wanted them to talk about. And and I think people gravitated to that or, or appreciated that because, uh, you know, that was what they were being interviewed for. That's why they were there. They got an award. They did something outstanding or they had an unusual occupation. He was able to start out at the very beginning and as as you went through the interview he had certain standard questions like um who was influencing your life and they would answer and and so there were half a dozen standard questions that he would throw in to again get to a, a little bit more than just the surface of that individual did he let them know in advance what he was going to be asking them if you know no, he did not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the things that he actually enjoyed was the surprise <laughs> question. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, he would he 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 would trigger a question. He never, to my knowledge, in in all the interviews, and again, I don't remember everyone. I don't well, remember. 30, him there were thirty thousand. That's quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> I, and again, I could be wrong, but it was a tremendous amount. Um, he, he never asked an embarrassing question. Right. And, and so it, it never, the, the people that, that heard the interviews and would then be called to be interviewed knew what to expect. It, and was, safe. People, it was a safe place. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, people were nervous and people were apprehensive about being interviewed but I don't think they were apprehensive about his interviewing them and he would tell them you know I've got your books for next Thursday take a listen and listen to the show and you'll get an understanding of 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 the show and and again many people locally knew the show so that when they were called they were actually thrilled that they were going to be on off the cuff they had their 15 minutes of fame because that was the only chance they'd get (laughs) Being on the show. Well, well, again, I mean, that's that. That could be in many cases. Right, right. Did uh, did your mom ever give him suggestions of who he should interview? Um, I don't think so. To be honest, um, my mom was a very much of a home. I'm sorry. You know, she stayed at home. She didn't work. Um, So she was very supportive of what he did, but never interfered. Well, and it sounds like, you know, listening listening to his show was, was part of the fabric of your family every night at dinner. Whether we liked it or not, <laughs> and yeah. and we never ate early. We never ate late. It was always seven fifteen on Monday through Friday, and you know we understood that. And you know, sit there and and don't talk. And if I would say something or try to say something, I would get the from him, and so. Do you do you, you know, re- do you remember 
any any interviews that he was uh, especially proud of or that he he spoke about for for one reason or another after the fact I mean I know I know that he interviewed you know all kinds of folks right young and old and and famous and maybe not so famous initially but I was just curious if there were any that stood out in your mind as ones that he that he liked to um, reminisce about it wasn't so much reminiscing about the show itself but the name of the individual so I do remember him interviewing Pearl Buck and I think I got the name right Pearl mm-hmm. Buck who was a, a famous author well, yeah. back in the in the 60s um, and I remember him talking about that because that was one of the one of the names that he used to um, use to entice somebody to come on and say, well, listen, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people. I've interviewed this person, this person. I remember him saying, Pro Buck, I remember Mrs. Babe Ruth. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it was it, it, it was kind of honoring them that they were being asked to come on the show when he had interviewed a number of people. Um, trying to remember, there was... Um, um, a, a beauty pageant, uh, Miss America, that he interviewed, and um, you know he would throw that name out, and then people would, oh, okay, I'll come, you know, mm-hmm. um, after hearing, you know, who had been on the show. I had read uh, somewhere where. Uh, he had said he was going to retire, and then it was many, many years before he before he actually did. And to me, that that kind of signified his really true love of what he did. It sounds like it wasn't work to him; it was kind of his calling in life was to do, was to pull out of of someone in maybe fifteen minutes of a unprepared conversation over a meal um, what was really kind of important and resonating in that person that he could share with his listeners that, you know, might be able to take something and attribute it in their own life, um, which I just think is really so fantastic. Do you agree with that? I agree with that, that he was, that, but, and I think the one thing that people have to understand is his faith was um, a very, um, it was a, was the most motivating factor in his life. Let's put it that way. And so um, his talking to people, his being with people, um, there was always a witnessing aspect to his uh, discussion. Um, and people understood that. Um, and so that um, I think that was a big motivating factor in his um, his length of service to the community. What uh, what church was it that, that he and your mom belonged to? Well, when I was there, we belonged to Baraka Baptist in Bridgeton mm-hmm. um, for, for quite a while. Um, before that, we were at Covenant Presbyterian in Vineland. In fact, that's where m- mom and dad got married. Wow. Um, and we were there for quite a while, then Baraka Baptist and... Um, the last few years, he was at, at um, trying to think of the church out on Shallow Pike. Um, 
between Britson and Novo. Well, and everything I have read has is talking. Every, everyone remembers his, you know, his, as you said, his deep baritone voice, but also his ability to sing. It's um, that's that's kind of why I was really hopeful to be able to track down some audio. And it's it's um, unfortunately to date I haven't been able to find any. Um, you know, I'm looking here. I'm looking up Pearl Buck. I mean, my goodness, this is a a, a person that was. Uh, one of the most famous people of her time. Uh, and, and he was able to uh, somehow connect with her or her publicist and, and get her to come to Bridgeton. That's just, you know, it, it says so much. And um, it's just really impressive to me. I, I mean, I don't think there was a day that he regretted living. Um, and as far as his work was concerned, um, every day he enjoyed every day we had the same routine, um, in, in Bridgeton, we had a, a house on East Commerce street mm-hmm. and behind the house, there was a garage detached. And in order to get to that, you had to go around the block and come in from a back street. Well, every night he'd come by about between 6.30, quarter or 7, if, if he was that late, he'd beep the horn. It was my job to run out and open up the garage door and let him drive in. Rain, snow, uh, whatever the weather, that was that was my job. We'd come in, we'd sit down, we'd pray and have dinner, and we'd listen to Off the Cuff. It's those, uh, those routines of family living. Yes. That are, so, that are so special. Then afterwards, we'd sit down and have devotions, and we'd go to bed and start the day the next day all over again. The same thing, 6.30, beep, beep. Mm-hmm. I'd run out and open up the garage and let him in. When, uh, like when he would interview someone, um, what was the time frame between when that particular interview would air? Um, it depended on, on what was going on. And and an example would be if, if we were going, he he enjoyed going on vacation and driving. We drove to Florida for, I, I, at least four or five times that I can remember to Sanibel Island, um, over, um, what was then spring break from school. Um, so what he would do is he would tape ahead of time, and many times he'd have two or three people at the table when he would be interviewing, um, having lunch, and then interviewing, he'd have two or three people so he could get ahead. He was generally a week ahead, um, so that he, um, and then he would tell the people, here's when it's going to be. And so it was generally a week to two weeks ahead of time from from when they were interviewed to the date that uh, it aired. I love it. I love it. You have have a few in the can. Oh, yeah. Always had. Wonderful. Wow. And so um, you, you, uh, you, you moved away. You're an attorney up in Connecticut. When did you leave town? Um, I left town when I went to college. Um, and came back um, and would come 
I, I moved um, up to Connecticut. Um, well, I moved to New York and I became a, actually, um, um, I retired as a firefighter uh, with the city of Stanford. I saw that. Um, That's great. Yeah, I retired thank you for, as a thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, I was only 39.97 years or 79 years. Um, Pretty long time. But I retired as a ca- I retired as a captain, and while I was um, working there, I got my law degree, and so when I I started doing that in conjunction, you know, part time representing employees, uh, mostly uh, employees in fire police. Wow, wonderful. Well, again, thank you for your service and. Uh... Uh, when when did your mom pass? Oh, you know, um, I honestly don't remember, but she would be ninety eight this year. Wow. Okay, that's that's um, a life well lived. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Trying to remember how far back it's. One of the things I don't like to remember. Understood. Uh, Understood. Um, well, it, it sounds um, like you're both your mom and your dad uh, gave you and your sister uh, a wonderful upbringing with a lot of family traditions, and and you know your dad uh, was was able to devote his life to giving other families traditions. Right, listening yeah, to his show uh, every day. So. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I'd love to reach out to your niece with your okay and and see if uh, she'd be willing to share some audio of his. I think yeah, many of my um, listeners would love to hear his voice. I will try. I will. Tr- what I'll do is I will try to. I'll get a hold of her and see if she has any any of those old tapes, but um, and, and see if she still has. And I'll get in touch with you. If I'd she appreciate does. that. Yeah, your 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 dad means a lot to a lot of people um in town and and now in, in and people not living in town so i appreciate you uh taking time uh to take my call kind of out of the blue and uh to to in such short order set up this call with me it's greatly appreciated well um i i appreciate the phone call myself to kind of reminisce uh, if you think of anything else you want to share, give me a shout and we'll get you back on. Okay. All right. And I, uh, I, I appreciate it. And if I find, I, I know somewhere I've got a CD of, of some family function and I'm, I, I'm, I will, I will get a hold of you and I will take a look and see what it is that it is so that if you could use it, you're welcome to it. I appreciate that very, very much. So let me ask you this question. When is this going to air? Well, hopefully in the next couple of days, and I'll be happy to share it with you, and you can share it with your family. And uh, I have no doubt that there's going to be a lot of folks who are going to be responding and reaching out with their own memories of listening to your dad's okay. show. Okay. Um, I appreciate and um, I look forward to hearing it. Great. Thank you so much, Dan. Have a great night. Nice, you Nice too. meeting you. <laughs> Nice meeting you this way. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe anywhere you listen.
This episode of the Bridgeton Beacon Podcast is brought to you by the Law Office of Meg McCormick Horner in Bridgeton and Ocean City, New Jersey. While, of course, you're not going to need a criminal attorney, it's good to know Meg's around just in case someone you know does. That's the Law Offices of Meg McCormick Horner at hornerlaw.com. That's H-O-E-R-N-E-R law.com. Niche Podcast Production Services are provided by the Niche Podcast Network. Launch, production, and marketing services for business of all types. That's nichepodcast.net. Or you can call me at 239-351-5575. Ask for Tom Ritter.